Now, there's something I never thought I'd play in this podcast. The sounds of the opening bell at the New York Stock Exchange. But you know what? When Dan Hurley is pushing that button, you make exceptions for the head coach of the national champion, UConn Huskies. Hello, everyone. I'm Brian DeNovellis. Welcome to the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. And without further ado, we welcome the button pusher himself, Dan Hurley. Dan, how did that feel to push that button, man? Yeah, I mean, I had no, I had no right to be there based on my academic <laughs> credentials, right? I was in way over my head uh, in terms of like meeting some of those like really impressive people over there. Uh, but it, well, I got to say, it was uh, it was pretty cool. It was simple, you know. They give you very very detailed instructions. It's really hard to screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> but they can tell you that 90 million people are going to watch this. And that does, you know, play a little bit of tricks on you when you get up there. So so that's just one way that your life has changed o- over the last week. I mean, you know, to, to be a national champion, uh, to lead this program back to where you and everyone associated with UConn feels like it should be. What is this like? How has it changed you and 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 opened up doors that you hadn't seen before? Yeah, I, I don't I, I Maybe, you know, next season when you know, you're coaching during the winter, maybe you you have an additional, you know, additional confidence, uh, you know, that you may bring to the season. Um, you know, we haven't, haven't accomplished that. But really, you know, beyond that, you're just a lot busier. Um we really haven't had much time to really like sit, sit down, decompress, probably look at maybe, you know, maybe, maybe a week or 10 days in May where this thing will slow down. And it may be like a little bit of time in August, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where you'll have a chance to maybe like sit at the Jersey shore and, and uh, you know, have a beer and like really, really appreciate the accomplishment. Cause it's like, it's an impossible thing to do. You, you're, you've already turned the page, I'm sure. And I want to talk about, you know, the state of your program and and where it's at with the players and the and the roster and all that. But I, I want to enjoy this this a little bit because, you know, you you did something that you set out to accomplish and you you brought this back to UConn. So for someone who, you know, played for your dad, Bob Hurley, who you you were on that 89 team that is regarded as you know, the greatest in New Jersey high school basketball history and maybe, you know, one of the greatest in the country ever that we've seen. Um, I know that you weren't a starter on that 89 national championship team, but you were on that with your brother, Bob, and you won one. Um, you've seen Bobby win two as a player at Duke. Now to do this and win it at a place like UConn, can you put it into words, Stan, what it means to you? Yeah, listen, I, I think... Um... You know, I'm a I'm a basketball lifer. I, my whole life has been, you know, centered, and my identity, at least uh, to a degree, has been you know basketball centered. And I feel like I've accomplished you know, I accomplished a lot. Even my playing career, like a lot of players, I had some struggles early on in my career. I was immature. I I grew up. I matured. Um, you know, and then at least finished my my career at Seton Hall with some honor and and. And and could look back at it and and feel, you know, better about that. And obviously, I've coached at a number of different different places where I, I've really excelled. 
Um, I've excelled at the high school level, mid-major at Rhodey and won championships there and Wagner took a five win program and we won 25 games. I mean, I've done a lot of really great things, but you know, to do like that elite thing, to do that, uh, to win a national championship, to do something at your level of sport that is considered, you know, the, the, the best thing that you absolutely can do, absolutely maxing it out. Um, you know, I, I think it's certainly, it's been a long journey for me to get to this point and uh, I'm proud of my, you know, my career in the game. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of, uh, you know, my ability to keep, uh, keep striving and keep pushing and, and not letting, uh, you know, any of the adversity as a coach or a player kind of push me away from the game. Hey, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, Dan. And, and you were able to overcome those struggles and, and, you know, those demons that you had, you know, in this day and age that, you know, depression and, and mental, uh, you know, people need a mental break. You, you hear it all the time now, but back when you took that break from Seton Hall, you know, it wasn't as widely accepted, uh, maybe scrutinized a little bit more. Yeah. Now you hear about mental break all the time. So, you know, to to survive that and go through, first of all, to go through it and admit it publicly, yeah. God bless you, you know, and to come through it stronger than ever. It's just, you know, a, a, a testament to your fortitude and, and the support system that you had around you. Yeah, I, I was lucky. Um, you know, just Coach Blaney, you know, coming into Seton Hall, you know, meeting sister Catherine Waters, meeting my wife, Andrea, um, we're all just like major events at Seton Hall that, that helped kind of help stabilize me and help put the pieces back together. And, and people that are struggling emotionally, mentally, you know, when, when you're feeling like a failure or you're feeling rejected or, um, you know, it, it's the, it's like spraining your ankle or, or, or dislocating your shoulder or, or, or getting really sick. And, um, when, when those things happen, you you go see a doctor and, you know, with, with mental health or you're dealing with emotional struggles or different things, you know, you, you need to take care of yourself. And back then, you're right. I mean, things were you know, way different. There was a, a, I think there was a lot more macho and people were less mm -hmm. vulnerable. And, you know, being vulnerable, I, I think, shows more about your strength than 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 sucking it up and, and continuing to go. You know, there, there's a, a feeling out there among Seton Hall fans that, that you know, you don't like the university, that that you might hate the university. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I tend to think something different Yeah. Uh, because you met your wife, Andrea, there. <laughs> your oldest son, Dan, went there and graduated from there. So I, I would think, Dan, if, if you had something wrong with the university, you would have steered your <laughs> your eldest son in another direction. Can you set the record straight? Do you, yeah, I mean, do you it, like yeah. Seton Hall? Yeah, I mean, listen. If I was if I was like anti Seton Hall, I I, I wouldn't have sent Danny there. Um, it, it means a lot to me. I grew up a lot there. Obviously, um, you know, it was difficult at times because I, I wasn't living up to what the program needed from me as a player, and I feel like I did. I disappointed a lot of people um, during my. I disappointed a lot of fans. I disappointed a lot of. Uh, a lot of people at the school because I, I they needed me, you know, to be a lot better and a lot more mature. And I wasn't. I mean, that, that's the sadness that I feel about that place that I didn't hold up my end of it. It didn't, you know, would I have preferred not to have been, you know, booed sometimes? But I, I don't, you know, I think a lot of those people were probably 
you know, gamblers. I don't think those were like the Seton Hall true fans that right. really supportive of the program. So meet my wife there, Andrea, you know, changed my life, going through everything I went through, meeting the great people. There's so many great people beyond Coach Blaney and my wife and, and uh, Sister Catherine uh, that helped shape me. Uh, so I, I I got nothing but, uh, uh, you know, but, but deep uh, admiration for what that place has meant to me. And then every time I go there and play, uh, that well, I didn't do it this year because I had COVID, but day of shoot around, every time I play there, I get real emotional and, and I start to well up thinking about my journey and bringing it back to a place that means a lot to me. It's incredible, Dan. I, I couldn't be happier for you and, and, and what you've handled and, and how you, uh, you know, brought so much respect to the, you know, more respect to the Hurley name. And, and I think it makes you appreciate things more to know what you've overcome to get to this point, to get to the top. Um, not many people could have handled what you did. So, yeah. you know, I applaud you and I'm, 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 I'm proud of you as a Seton Hall alum and uh, couldn't be happier for you. No doubt. No doubt. I think it's what most people experience. It, you know, if you, you, you don't, uh, most people like success through life and uh, it's just not a joy ride right to the top. It's not linear, man. It's like, you know, the stops, the starts, there's moments of, of great achievement. There's great failure. Um, you know, you obviously we all have our own personal personal demons that, that we're battling, um, you know, that, that we've got to learn to, uh, you know, to, to, to control and, and to play to our strengths and understand our identity is, is not wrapped up in just one thing. It's a, uh, it's a total person thing. It's, it's what type of husband am I, what type of dad, you know, what type of friend coach, you know, there's a lot of layers to all of us. And, and um, I don't think that we could allow one of them, uh, to control how we feel about ourselves. So Dan, I want to turn the attention back to UConn here. We're going to go back about four or five years. <laughs> and um, I want to play something for you that that came out of your mouth that that you know well, that that has, you know, gained uh, celebrity status. <laughs> and I want to get your reaction to it. Here we go. You know, people better get us now. That's all. You better get us now. Because it, it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. It came. It's here. It's arrived. Dan, you are a fortune teller, a prophet. Okay. <laughs> you you pissed off a lot of people when you said that, but you didn't back down from those words. Uh, did you ever regret them? Never, not for a second. And uh, obviously, and again, I don't live on, I, I don't, I, I go on Twitter for Bengals news. Um, <laughs> like I, I've got like, uh, you know, for my, my, uh, you know, very neutral news that that's not uh, politically biased. I get my news. I, I so I, my Kansas City Royals. That that's what I go on Twitter for. But I don't live out my life on social media and, and try to like figure out what people are saying about me. So I, I live in the real world. And um, for me, that moment was like uh, we had played Villanova the year before, and we played them at the Garden, and we were up, I think, two at halftime. Uh, right before Christmas, and then we got our doors blown off in the second half. We ended up losing by 22, 24, somewhere in that range, maybe more, maybe I'm underselling it. And it really ruined Christmas. And, and, it, and it was like, uh, yeah, just a real, real wake-up call as to how far we were. Um, so now fast forward to the following year, and that was like 
this the, the last year of our home and home series that we had with Villanova at UConn. And now we went to play on the road at Nova. And um, we played in the off count on what is that? It's it's uh, Wells Fargo. We played at yes. Wells Fargo. And um, it was a bang-bang game down the stretch. Um, I think we had the ball down one, down two, under a minute. But it was a one-possession game that we lost in heartbreaking fashion. Plus, I, I knew the recruiting, you know, the, the recruiting, the talent was the talent was coming. The, the culture was set. You know, we, we, were, we were closer. I mean, neutral site the year before we got smoked. Now I'm playing them a, a year later, basically, and like we're right there. And I know we're not even close to where we're going to be. And then I also know that you're, you know, a fan base like UConn, they need their coach to be bold and to, you know, to to be brash and to be confident. And they needed me to say something, you know, because the looting, losing was getting brutal for everybody. So I just, you know, something hit me when I was walking to that press conference after losing and just felt like I had to say something. Well, and, and you backed it up, Dan. It's one thing to say it and, you know, know when you say that, that it's going to ruffle people the wrong way. But but you backed it up. Um, put this roster into perspective. You know, you had a high turnover from last year. And in this day and age, you know, it, it's not, you know, the UConn Patrick Ewings, you know, that are there three years in a row. Or, or Bobby's Duke teams that won back-to-back, -back, or Florida, right? Those are the last teams to win back-to-back -back championships. Uh, Duke, 91-92, Florida, 06-07. You know, you're bringing in four transfers, taking a chance on them, two highly recruited freshmen, you know, Klingon certainly top 50. Caravan, we didn't know that mm. he would become this good this quickly. And yeah. you molded it all together with three you know, NBA type talents in Hawkins, Sonogo and Jackson. Yeah. Uh, just a masterful job, Dan. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, last year when you, you play that last game versus New Mexico State and like overall, we, we had a strong year. You know, we won a lot of games at the top of the Big East. We were we were a five seed in the NCAA tournament. It's not like we snuck in. Uh, but you you felt like for, I felt like for me, you know, we were overachieving a lot during the course of the season last year because it was offensively things were such a struggle for us. And, you know, I wanted to make decisions really quickly. We didn't run anybody off. I would never run somebody off. If, if somebody wanted to stay in the program and accept their role, if it would that meant you were a 13th player on the team and you wanted to stay, you know, I, I'm not the runoff type. Um so for me, it was more of like making the returning players aware of of where I saw their role and, and what we needed to bring in relative to, you know, available high school or portal players to uh, support our big three um, in, in Jordan, Andre and Adama, three NBA level players, you know, one lottery pick, you know, one guy in Andre that could find himself in the first round and then. Adama, who could maybe pull a Tyrese Martin if he decides to and battle his way into the second round like Tyrese did last year. So, you know, we knew we had that, but we knew Klingon was going to be a big factor. Did we know he would dominate the way he did in his 14 minutes a game where the analytics were just crazy with him on the court? And did we know that, that Car I mean, listen, Caravan was the best freshman in our in our league from the no beginning. No question. He got robbed. Yeah, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, those awards usually go to the player whose team excels. And right. 
you know, that, that was surprising with, with the coaches vote there that they didn't value that, um, that way. But, um, I'm with you. hundred percent. It's funny because a bunch of them told me they did. So it's weird how he didn't get the award, <laughs> but you know, um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, we, we knew we had that and we were very, just very strategic the way we're going to be very strategic this year with the portal. Um, you know, we, we kind of sniped, you know, we, we, we knew we needed a backup point guard with some toughness to support, Tristan Newton, who we felt would be, you know, who could get us to a final four. He's, he was that good uh, of an all around point guard. And then Joey California, like shooting, you know, shooting off the bench, like Maverick from Top Gun off the bench. Oh like, my God. With the guts. And then, you know, Aline as a, you know, as a, as a, as a good two way player that could give us, you know, 16, 18 minutes a game. It all worked. And and you have to be a GM. You have to be a psychologist uh, as much as you are an X's and O's guy. And Dan, I, I, I've seen you, um, you know, listen, we knew you could coach when you were, you know, we knew you could recruit when you were recruiting Corey Stokes and my gosh, Lance Thomas and yeah. J.R. Smith at St. Benedict's and Eugene Harvey. And I, I mean, I can go on and on, right? Bashir Mason and Gil Baruta. Uh, we knew you could do that. We knew you could X's and O's. We knew you were emotional and fiery and, and brash and um, put it all together. Now you're a manager and uh, you're a GM with this roster. So, you know, how do you now try to repeat and do something that hasn't been done since Florida in 06 and 07? Because I know, I know you're already thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, we, we prepared for this day. This is exactly how we envisioned it. Um, you know, I don't know that, uh, you know, Winning the national championship, uh, I don't say that we absolutely envisioned we were going to cut down the nets, but I think we knew that uh, we had the potential to have a big year. And then if we had that big year, um, that we would lose people. You know, we knew that you know, if we were a Final Four team, that there were going to be multiple players, likely, likely Jordan, likely Andre, likely Adama, that we would potentially lose. So that's really why last summer – you know, we, we we worked our we worked our ass off. I yep. mean, we worked hard to secure you know one of the best recruiting classes in program history and one of the best in the country. I mean, we, we've got five guys coming into this program that are going to uh, bring some serious talent into this organization. Um, and then obviously, there's going to be uh, an opportunity based on again, you know, players that are here that have eligibility where your vision um, for what they can accomplish with you doesn't line up with theirs. Um, you know, you just, you amicably, you know, you amicably, amicably move on from each other. Uh, it's sad that players don't end up playing in just one or two places now where they have a network for life. Uh, the unfortunate part for a lot of players that aren't going to make a big career in basketball is that now you're going to have these guys that play in three or four different places, maybe don't really have that great of a basketball career in terms of the professional, not going to make tons of money. And now maybe they don't even have maybe a network of coaches and a university because they're so, they're, it's such kind of a mercenary type of thing now in a way. So, um, but you can't take it personal. And um, we're obviously going to continue to attract people that, uh, that now want to play for a program that has proven it can win a national championship and every year is putting players in the NBA draft. 
That's right. You are there. You you have put UConn back to where Calhoun uh, built it really with his own hands and and continued that legacy. So where do we stand right now, April 13th, with Adama Sinogo? Uh, first of all, congratulations to him, right? He signs an NIL deal with Sinoco. I mean, how funny is that? I, it has to be because Charles Barkley absolutely butchered his name and called him Sunoco. And now he, he teams up with a gas with a gas company. Well, I mean, once he's once he's done paying the agent, then he's gotta send something to Chuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, these is he guys, coming back, you know? These guys have um, you know, decisions to make. I think they'll be made, you know, pretty quickly here, hopefully, you know, by the end of the week. Um you know, for me, you know, guys like him and Andre, um, you know, at, at the minimum, I, I think they deserve an opportunity to, you know, see, uh, you know, see what the NBA really thinks of them. You know, the difference between, you know, kind of, you know, how we do things here is, you know, we're, you know, we, we talk to the front front office people in the NBA. We don't just, you know, kind of take the word of, of, of just like the agents and, all the all kind of like the different people that surround this whole thing of people that are pulling at these guys right now is uh you know the 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 best thing I think uh that could happen for us as a program is if like Hawk, Andre, and, and Adama all became first round picks. And now um, you know, obviously we're gonna return Donovan, we're gonna return Alex, I think Samson Johnson and, and Hassan and you know uh I think they're going to be like almost adding new players because I don't think either one of us, either one of those two guys, uh, you know, gave us what they're capable of giving us. Um, and then even Tristan, I think Tristan is obviously has a decision to make as well. When you get 19, 10 and four yeah. in the national championship game and you're the starting point guard and you have two triple doubles during the year and you're a six, five point guard, you know, you've got, you know, decisions that you've got to make, uh, in terms of where your value is in the game. So uh, you support those guys as best you can. They delivered for us and uh, we got to deliver for them in terms of helping them live their dream. Yeah. Samson Johnson's a guy that, I mean, he, a forgotten player who started the first game of the season and, you know, went down and, and, and out and, and unfortunately couldn't find his way back in. Um, you're right. That's like getting a whole new player. Add that with the top five recruiting class in the country, Stefan Castle, a five-star you know, wherever you want to put them, top 10 in the country. Uh, right. Big things on the horizon, Dan, as, as you try to, you know, go into the summer with a, with what could be a preseason top five team. Yeah. The schedule says uh, you're playing Kansas. Yeah. How about that? The last yeah. two national champions in the big, big East, big 12 battle going to uh, Allen Fieldhouse December 1st. Yeah, pretty dope. I mean, that's good, man. And that's, that's the benefit too, of just having a big year and, and rebuilding the brand and, um, you know, climbing the mountain is you're going to, you're, you're going to find us in, you know, in those like a level non-conference type of, uh, you know, either home and home type of series or those big neutral site games that, you know, that we're now back uh, for that. And um, yeah, I mean, I would just say, we just got to keep, you know, we have a very passionate fan base They're They're especially passionate on Twitter you know, we just keep them. We got you know. Last I know, last off season they were losing their mind. The sky was falling, and um, you know the team wasn't going to be very good. And we've got just very very smart people over here that will continue to attract really talented people. And uh, I just I don't think we're I can't promise that we're going to be in the final four every year, 
or, or win the national championship. Uh, it's a hard thing to do, but in terms of the quality and where we're at, you know, I don't think it's probably going to go anywhere. No, it won't. And Dan, you know what? If they didn't want you fired, then then they they wouldn't care so much. And you know, they wanted PJ fired. Uh, cool. They they even wanted Calhoun gone because he couldn't get to a Final Four. So and and look where uh, they ended up. So, did they really? Oh man. Oh yeah, he couldn't he couldn't get to the Final Four. He couldn't take them far enough. He took them only so far. I mean, I I saw it. I heard it. I lived with it. So, Crazy. um, you're in good company, my friend. And and thank you. Uh, congratulations again. And I really hope at some point this summer you can go on a beach and enjoy a beer wherever you go in, in Jersey, uh, down the Jersey shore and just, you know, soak it all in my friend. It's coming, you know, like that little, that little break, it, it it's coming. It's not happening right now. We got way too much going on. We got to get like 90, 95% of this whole staff roster, the things we need to do to get better here. Then I'll go away for a little bit. <laughs> You deserve it. You it's deserve coming. it. Take as long as you need. And uh, thanks for the time, Dan. We'll talk to you very soon. Appreciate you coming on. Gotcha, man. My pleasure, Brian. All right. There he is, Dan Hurley. And, and that is somebody who, how can you not root for the guy? I get it. I get the people, the haters out there, the people that are jealous, the people that don't like the braggadocious, but he's not changing for anyone. He said what he said. He stood by it and he backed it up. Some of the greatest athletes and professional coaches and, you know, most famous athletes of all time, from Joe Namath to Mark Messier, said it and backed it up. And Dan Early did it as well. He's got swagger. He's come a long way in his sideline demeanor. He's toned it down a little bit. He's still going to be fiery. He's still going to have semantics on the sideline. And have emotion, but he's toned it down. Have you seen him get a technical foul late in the season? No. No. He's adjusted. He's matured. And he's not going away. Like it or not. He will win another national championship. Book it. It will come. It may not come. It may come next year. It may not. But he will win another national championship. He is not a one-and-done guy. And we're going to be talking about Dan Hurley 20, 30 years down the line as one of the best college coaches ever. Mark my words. We appreciate him coming on, spending time, because that, that guy, I don't even know how he sleeps. He is so busy right now. We hope to hear more from Adama Sinogo and Andre Jackson and their status in the next coming days. He gave us what he could as of this recording. We'll see how it all shakes out. And when the dust settles, you know UConn will have a top 10, if not top five team going into the preseason next year. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. We will have more information for you. Of course, we will have another podcast for you. We're not done yet with this season. There's still transfer portal news. We hope to have more coaches on as things progress and things develop. Over the coming months, we're not done yet. As long as there is news in the Tri-State, we'll have another podcast for you right here on the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. My name is Brian Dean Ellis. Until next time, so long.